Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. like talent you are in the right place welcome back to the talent factor football podcast i'm your co-host damian parson also known as full time dame with my boy my brother <laughs> keith sanchez keith what's up baby mic check mic check my mic is hot matter of fact my mic is on fire dp uh it's college <laughs> football week one we are in the midst of it we have what two more games left one tonight because we're actually recording on sunday morning that's how quick we wanted to get the content out to you guys so we have lsu florida state this evening and then we have clemson georgia tech um tomorrow but like I said, man, my mic is hot. I have some I have some things I have to get off my chest, DP. Uh, you know, some people that, that made me angry in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and kick it back to you so you can, uh, you know, show the people about our air read, man. Talk to them. Man, I mean, you know, before we really get into because I'm interested to hear who got my guy riled up, let's give a quick shout-out to our other guys, our partners over at Ben Online, as they are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V 50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Keith, let's kick it off with top of the line, baby. You talk about the top takeaways, the top headlines from week one, from Saturday, well, not even just Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday's action. <laughs> let's go ahead and get started, man. Like, uh, what, what, what was one of your top takeaways? Uh, and who got you riled up, man? Yeah, let's let, let's start there, man, because I, I have to get this off my chest. Um, so, obviously, we, we know the Georgia-Oregon game was yesterday, um, and it didn't go good. It didn't go good at all. Um, and, you know, I tweeted out that, hey, this looks like a typical SEC versus Pac-12 matchup. And, obviously, you know, you tweet something out, people are going to respond. So, I, one of the responses I got was that – uh, the SEC is not that good. It's really just Alabama and Georgia holding up the SEC. And I say, well, duh, right? And and, and this is this this is the issue, right? At the end of the day, if you if you take Jordan and Pippen off of the Bulls, they aren't the Bulls anymore, right? You take LeBron and D Wade off of the Heat, they aren't the Heat anymore. If you take Steph and Clay off of the Warriors, it's not the Warriors anymore. It's so just obviously you take the two most legendary situations from any great dynasty, it's not going to be that anymore. So it, I, it made no sense to me that somebody would respond in that fashion and say, well, if you take Alabama and Georgia, then you don't have a good conference. Well, that applies to just about everything, right? <laughs> it, it made no sense to me. Apply that logic to other situations and you you, you – what is the outcome? So I, I just that that person, I'm not gonna mention any Twitter names, but the the hate on the SEC, listen, the SEC schedules out of out of conference games, right? Mm-hmm. Each year they give conferences opportunities to beat them. They say, you know what? We'll play at a neutral site and we can play the game. 
And what happens? They lose. They lose, they lose, they lose. So it's not the SEC, folks. We can't get mad with the SEC. The SEC is the better conference, hands down. My rant is done. I, I just had to get that <laughs> off my chest, man. We, You take the two Hall of Fame players off of any team, and you're not going to have the same team. But we can get in top of the line now. I'm, I'm good now, DP. I had to get that off my chest. Hey, hey, man, you know, get let let it flow, brother. Let it flow. It's all good. I'm all here for you. I I, I get it, right? Like, I, I know that there's a lot of, you know, I think it's a lot of we get to the postseason and we typically see two SEC teams, right? We saw Georgia-Bama SEC championship, and then we saw them again in the national championship. And it's like, man. Like it, it, it gets exhausting, right? But at the same time, I mean, hey, the college football committee—they figured a way to fix that, right? We about to have twelve teams in this bad boy. So we're gonna see. Well, we're gonna see. We might have six SEC teams at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. But to your point, though, Keith, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the SEC won all of their matchups yesterday. If I remember correctly, or majority of them. So uh, SEC is on the winning start this, to kick off the season. But like I said, top of the line, man. I mean. And like we talk about the SEC, like yet you know, yesterday week one was chaotic, Keith. Like it there was, was a there were multiple like very close upsets, and even you know talk about the Georgia Oregon game, which we'll get to that in the late a little bit later. But you know that being the blowout, and then you have Alabama Utah State being the blowout. But then you got UNC going to war essentially with yeah. App State. You got uh, North Carolina State like b- barely beating. Eastern Carolina, and it's only because Eastern Carolina missed a field goal to end the game. Twice. The, the kicker got to make that field goal. The, the kicker has to make that field goal. You got to like, make the field you, goal. You missed man. it the first time, the second time, you have to come through. So, you know, and we, we talk about Ohio State. Ohio State versus Notre Dame, one of the more hyped up matchups, uh, you know, to, for week one, Keith. And it was, uh, how to put this? It wasn't a bad game. It just was really hard to get into. JSN goes down early. Um, you know, he takes a big shot on the sideline. Um, you know, his knee bends in a way that knees aren't supposed to bend, you know, right, and right. made it kind of gave me some worry. Like, man, like I hope he don't have, I hope he doesn't have an ACL issue or anything. He does come back in the game later on, but he's limping, he's not hundred percent, he could barely really like be himself. And it's like he wasn't even good enough to be a decoy. So they they pulled him back out and the young boys had to come up. Um but, you know, Notre Dame, you know, Marcus Freeman had the defense ready. You yeah. know, he had the defense ready, primed and ready to battle, to go to war and do and fight tooth and nail in a prime time slot, right? Like the bright, bright lights. Uh, offensively, Notre Dame, I believe they only scored 10 points. Offensively, they couldn't get anything going. And shout out to Ohio State's defense, man. They have a lot of five-star, four or five-star recruits, Keith. Last year, they struggled mightily last year. You know, losses to Oregon and, um, you know, Michigan. And, like, they really struggled last year. Like, uh, to me, in all, three, in all three levels of the defense. Um, but this year, it looks like they may be on the, on the upward trend. And if that's the case, and this offense still scores 40-plus, and you got a defense and, and a defensive line that can get after the quarterback and, and make them uncomfortable, that's going to be big for their playoff hopes. Yeah, I so now nah, let's let's park it with the the Notre Dame Ohio State game because that was the you know the premier game of the weekend, and looking at it, I think the the way to describe it, it was easily unwatchable, right? Like it it wasn't crisp, clean football, and let's be honest, you know, from a draft prospect 
perspective, there were a lot of prospects out there, right? You talk about on Notre Dame's defense, you had Isaiah Foskey, you had Brandon Joseph, which uh, shout out to him because he, you know, he made that tackle on Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I thought overall he played more like 2020 Brandon Joseph versus 2021 Brandon Joseph. I thought he had a, a much better showing um, for his skill set than you go to Ohio State and you look at Paris Johnson, and you know some people are saying that he's he's supposed to be the number one tackle off the board. Obviously, C.J. Straw, and then you had Trevor Henderson, J.S.N. went out. But I think looking at the game overall, it it operated in spurts, right? Like it seemed as though no team was in a rhythm. They were still trying to find their identity. And talking with C.J. Straw, I know that he said that he was really confident in his ability to step up and lead that team, which I don't think that that's the issue, right? But I think that chemistry seemed to be an issue with Ohio State and their wide receivers, man. That's, that's something different when you have to insert, you know, three new, four new wide receivers and y'all all have to get on the same page. And I think that's why you've seen the inconsistencies, right? Like when C.J. Straw threw that dime to – I can't even remember the receiver's name, but it was for the touchdown. You've seen that, okay, they were on time with that one, right? Like that's that play seemed to go exactly how they practiced it. And then after that, there might have been three or four more plays that they were just, you know, a half a second late or, you know, the wrong block or, you know, the – while receiving a the quarterback, they read the the uh, the defensive backs leverage different, right? And and that's what really happened with the Ohio State offense to me because the talent is there. Like uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's going to be a, a straight dude. He should have came up, you know, with the touchdown catch, difficult catch, right? But you can mm-hmm. you see like and he's different from his father stylistically because he's six two, two hundred pounds. So you're talking about a true um, X Y receiver. I think they'll get it done. I don't know what Ohio State's schedule is after this, but I'm assuming it, you know, is obviously going to be easier than Notre Dame. So they'll have a couple games to where they can get get the wrinkles kind of taken out and get it fixed. And then also let's see what happens with JSN's injury. Hopefully it's uh, you know, two weeks at the most, right? Like just something two weeks, um, you know, a slight sprain in in the um you know, an MCL or something like that, and he can move past it. But I think that was also another thing that bothered C.J. Straw. Like, that was his go-to guy. I think that was a game where JSN makes seven or eight key catches, right, just because they have chemistry with each other, him and C.J. Straw, and they 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 won the game. So, I, But I thought it was a really good showing by Notre Dame. They just don't have the athletes yet. Like, their, their, best, their best player is Michael Mayer at the end of the day, but they need some wide receivers, and they need a quarterback. Go find a quarterback. Like I'm, I'm tired of the the average Notre Dame kind of mobile can hit a quick slant sometimes, but they're really <laughs> smart type of guys. Go find a dude, right? Like your Notre Dame. Go find a dude. Go hop in this transfer portal, Marcus Freeman. Listen, I think you're going to be a hell of a recruiter. I'm rooting for you. Go find a quarterback. At the end of the day, but that was kind of my takeaways from from that matchup. No, I, I agree with you. And like you said, the, the young kid, I think it was Xavier Johnson, I think is his name, stepped up big on that, that touchdown pass. But like you said, Marvin Harrison Jr. had a a, a tough catch with a catch that was, was a pass that was catchable. Um and, and like you said, Notre Dame's got some talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We know that they have multiple guys who are on the NFL's radar. But offensively, besides Michael Meyer, uh, you know, you don't know where the explosive plays are going to come from. So that's that's kind of their problem. And if they can figure that out, 
I mean, Tyler Bushner was what uh, ten of eighteen. Like they couldn't run the ball. Like, like he he had the most rushing attempts, and yeah, that's not good. So it's like you know he had eleven attempts for eighteen yards, man. Like it, one point eight yard per carry. Like that's really not good at all. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But like you said, talking about Ohio State schedule, Keith, they got Arkansas State next week, a twelve o'clock kickoff, and then they got Toledo. So if it is a situation where you can sit JSN for two weeks and let him just rest, yeah, those are the two games. Because right after yeah. that, they 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 walk right into a matchup, which I don't think the yeah, against Wisconsin, September twenty fourth. That's gonna be a tough nose, gritty, grind yeah, type of game. Exactly, always Wisconsin always brings the defense. The offense not so much, but the defense they always bring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they always you know just gotta shut down Braylon Allen and you're fine. But um, the last takeaway we had was the Arkansas Cincinnati game, which was uh, probably one of the better games in that in that kind of mid you know mid afternoon slot. Uh, Arkansas was able to pull off the win. But Cincinnati made it very, very interesting, uh, Keith. They were able to come out, and, and especially in the second half and the fourth quarter, you know, Ben Bryant, it was the first time starting for this for the new team, you know, with Cincinnati, which we talked about earlier in the week. And he struggled a little bit out the gate. He struggled. He was airmailing passes, missing wide-open uh, routes and throws and receivers. And I, and I would say some of it you, could, you can kind of pinpoint and say, you know what, I believe that was – just the jitters, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to get it out of his system. He's got to shake that off and, and and get through it. Well, you know, he, he ended up going 26 to 43, 325 and two touchdowns and one interception. Um, and, and he and he looked solid, man. He looked, uh, I won't say, I'm not going to say he looked as good as advertised, but he did, definitely looked the, the, the part, uh, especially when, you know, a guy that was coming in with, with a lot of hype. And he he went you know kind of toe toe to toe with uh, KJ Jefferson who had a, had himself a good day. But Arkansas, which we talked about, Arkansas was going to be able to run the football. Keith and, and Raheem uh, Raheem Rocket Sanders, they he he ran the ball twenty for one seventeen. <laughs> Keith, they ran the ball forty five times for two twenty four. Yeah, that's, like that's what t- they're going to do. They they let everybody know week one. What you're getting. We, we're, we're coming in the game. We're going to try to out physically. Our, our plan is to punch you in the mouth every single play. Mm-hmm. And, like, and what are you going to do off of it? Yeah, like, what are you going to do off of it? Can you punch back? Yup. And so that that made me honestly excited because I, I thought, you know, obviously last year and the year before, I think they were in 2020, I think they were three win or four win team. And then last year they made the huge jump to nine wins. And then coming into this year, you want to see like, okay, is this a consistent thing, right? Like it's Arkansas now a, a key. I would hate to say contender in the SEC West, but you know you have to play them, right? Like there's a chance that if you don't play really good football, you can lose to them. And I think Arkansas answered that question yesterday because Cincinnati showed that they're a good football team. And I, I just like the style of play. Like I said, you know what you're getting. Um, like like they always say, man, the old adage, defense and run game travels. It goes everywhere. And it's something consistent, right? You don't have to worry about timing and everything else. This is your offensive lineman coming off the football, firing off and, and, and moving people out the way. You have a physical mentality. And I'll say this. I think K.J. Jefferson fits in perfectly with that because he's a big 6'3", 235-pound, stout, thick, lower half, run through you type of quarterback, right? Like, it's you know, there, there are different versions of mobile quarterbacks, and he's an enforcer at the quarterback position. So um, I think that that was uh, 
that was a good showing for Arkansas for sure, just to kick the season off. No, for sure, man. I mean, like I said, Raheem Sanders had went 20 for 117. But to your point, KJ Jefferson, 18 carries, 62 rushing yards. He finished the game with four total touchdowns, three yeah. through the air and one on the ground, man. He, he's a, he's an all-around weapon for this offense. And he is the stir, the straw that stirs that drink. And he's the in, the, the engine of this offense. So they, they're going to play a physical brand of football. And in the SEC, that fits the bill, right? That's just what the SEC is, physical just down, you know, just really rough football, and they're gonna he's gonna do a good job of that. So I'm I'm keeping my eye on him anyway because I feel like he's a slept on quarterback. You know, when you talk about quarterbacks who are draft eligible and things of that nature, he slept on man. And, and so shout out to KJ Jefferson. But Keith, let's talk about let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here we go. This is what I want. Let's talk to get about that. Right no, just like you know the old adage, you know, you want the good news and the bad news. So we will start with some good vibes. And Keith, I'm gonna kick it off. My guy, Anthony Richardson, there we go. Rich, the good of the week, man. And I, I, I was up. He had me on my seat, on the edge of my seat last night. <laughs> yeah, like this is a kid, man. Some of the the plays, and I think I don't know if I did it on the pod. No, I did it on you know for the film session, four downs film session with our guy Ray Ray G, which you can find on a Draft Network YouTube channel. We broke down a couple plays of, of Andy Richardson, and I say he reminded me a lot of Cam Newton, but a Cam Newton that is more suited to throw the ball, like right, like from a mechanic standpoint, accuracy standpoint, he's a little bit ahead of what Cam was, in my opinion, when he was at Auburn. And because this young man really focuses on his mechanics, and he made some throws last night, Keith, like drilling the ball, third and 15 early in the game. After you dro- driven down, you your your running back fumbles. You know Utah takes it back and they get momentum and they score first in your house. Mm-hmm. And he never blinked. He kept kept coming, kept going right right back downfield, orchestrating drives. And yeah, there were some some instances where he's got to hey take that crosser, bro. That's why we run mesh because it's an easy read. Take it, give it to your guy, let them make the play. And he missed a couple of those, but then at the same time, he still made plays off. He still made plays with his legs, extending, um, extending the plays uh, as a runner and the, with his mobility, and then uh, be able to get some first downs. But man, Keith, like Keith, the things he was able to do last night, we know he showed the athleticism, the arm talent, and then he's learning on the fly because he only threw the ball sixty six times last year. So it's going to be some rough edges. He's got to learn. He's got to get those reps. But man. To knock off the number seven team in the nation, they come to your house and you protect the swamp. Like, yeah, he didn't throw for three hundred, but he he scored three touchdowns. He was effective. Well, he, he was, was effective, effective in both facets, right? When they work. when they needed to, when he needed to throw, he was able to throw. But when they needed his legs, like on that last drive. You know, it's what I think it's fourth down, third or fourth down. Yeah, it was, and he drops it was back. Down. It was fourth. That was, was fourth. That was that would have essentially been the game because the way if he, he got stopped. Napier, you was that timeout, um, and obviously Utah was running the football, so that that was probably the game right there. Yeah, hundred percent. Because they were, you know, both teams were just being physical on offense, and if he gets if he gets sacked or he gets tackled for a loss, game's over because Utah's going to run Tavion uh, Tavion Thomas. Uh, right up, right up, right up the gut, like they were doing all all fourth quarter. But you know, Ar man, a-, a Rich really came out and, and really gave the splash plays and the effective plays and the efficient plays to show that man, this kid, the sky's the limit for this young man. Yeah, yeah, nah, for sure, he he deserves every bit of that. Uh, so for my good man, I I went with Georgia's defense. 
And it's like, okay, well, yeah, they were good last year. But, man, they lost so many people, right? And to come in and listen, Georgia's at the point right now where they've reached the Alabama and the Ohio State and the Clemson level to where they're just reloading. That, that's all they're doing at this point, right? Like, it's just next man up. They've done – Kirby Smart has done a masterful job in recruiting to where we lose a first rounder, okay, we have another first rounder behind them. And – it, it was, and obviously it's the SEC Pac-12, but it was almost like it wasn't college football. Like like Oregon was, you know, they were, they were playing at a much slower speed and Georgia was just that much faster. They were just that much more physical, um, you know, instincts wise. Like it just looked like they practiced more, right? Like it, it, it this was just something different. And so I, I definitely, with my good, I wanted to give it, give props to Georgia because I know for us and, you know, we, we have to kind of, you know, uh, you know, you got to admit you're wrong sometimes, right? I thought Oregon had somewhat of a chance, and we picked them as a slight upset. Like, you know, they may squeeze this thing out by two points because I didn't think that Georgia could repeat um, defensively what they did last year. But, man, oh, man, <laughs> that's not the case. Them dudes were ready. They were locked and loaded and ready to roll. Yeah, man, it, it was it, it was, um, it, it was just a tremendous, like, showing for a retooled Georgia defense and, and I mean I, I scouted a lot of these guys I'm like man this is a really this is a talented group yeah but Keith they did some stuff last yesterday and I was just like okay like the they, they're, they're nice they, they are definitely they just retool they don't rebuild they just reload um let, let's kick it off to, to to the bad and my bad is South Carolina State and this just really odd fake punt um <laughs> I, I was really concerned because I was confused, you know. Um, I didn't know if he was actually going to run it. So, South Carolina State is fourth and nineteen. They're playing UCF uh, earlier in the week, and like legitimately, the punter feels he, he catches the snap. He does a little. It looks like it's going to be one of those rugby style punts. Yeah, where he kind of head start. To the side. Yeah, Keith, and then he just kept running, Keith, and. I didn't know what was happening. And then he, when he punted it, I thought he was hurdling a teammate. So I was so confused. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it over and over again because I was so just flabbergasted at the fact that this was actually called. Like, he, he waits until he's past the line of scrimmage and then say, like, oh, I, I don't have the space to, to, to run this. Like they're gonna like my man's gonna take my head off. I gotta get this out off my, off my leg. I can't I can't keep running with this ball because yeah, there's a defender coming full speed down the alley at me, and he just panics and kicks it. And I'm just like, guys, just just kick it normal, man. Just kick yeah, it normal. I, just I, can't, I, just feel the feel the, the the snap and just boom it, baby. Like there's no need for the run to start. There's no need to be cute and be extra. That was my bad of the week. Cause that was a really bad play. Like it just. It, College football was back at that moment. Yeah, I I didn't know what was going on with that play, but I'll tell you this: I thought that he was really close to picking up the first down. Like he he was Bro, he panicked. He was almost there. Like, he he all, panicked. You almost did it. Like you almost got to the to the I first feel down like marker. If we could have got a, a clear shot at his face, Keith, we would have seen like the the joy. Like man, I'm gonna get this. Then he sees that UCF defender coming over the top. 
And then his eyes would have got big. He's like, nope, I'm putting it. And it was just yeah, like, bro, yeah. you're already past the line of scrimmage, my man. Like, just go with it. Like, just yeah. do it. At this point, you know we, just, we need to pick up the yardage and, you know, the, the full I need position. you to go full Pat McAfee and just be a dude in that moment. Yeah. You know, just be but a dude he, in that he, moment. You might have been man. thinking about what Sean Taylor did to that, that punter <laughs> um, in the Pro Bowl. That, that might be stuck in his brain. Uh, but nah, for, for my, my bad, Iowa, what are we doing? What are we doing? You won the game 7-3, and we're football people. So that clearly means that you scored one touchdown, right? But no, they didn't. That was not one touchdown. You had two safeties and a field goal. So you did not score a touchdown. This is what my guy DP talks about right here, right? He talks about teams like Iowa, Wisconsin. They have a defense, and there is no representation of offensive football on on that side of the Big Ten, right? When we talk about the Iowas, we talk about uh, the Wisconsin's, the Nebraska's. Like, what are we doing? So I had to give them the bad. That was bad. You won the game, go in the locker room, celebrate, but I would be at practice right now. We got to find a way to move the football. <laughs> this, this is not going to last. This is not This is not it right here. Like, we, we literally only scored seven points and we never touched the end zone. That's bad. Keith, and what made it worse is it was an FCS opponent. Yeah. It's an FCS opponent, and you are a power five team. And I I know people are like, man, DB, that don't – no, it matters, though. Like, you got to go out there. It should. It should matter so you can go out there and do your job and win this game. Instead, (laughs) instead, you go out there – you kick a field goal and you think your defense gets two safeties. And that's how you get seven. Yeah. And I'm just like, how how is this okay? Like, I'll tell you what that that was, right? After the game, that was a moral loss. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. you won you, you won the game, so you're one and no, which is you know the ultimate thing. But morally you lost. <laughs> like you lost that game. You're not feeling good about your offense if you're any of those coaches. You're like, yeah, thank God we're one and no. Like I've walked in buildings, right? After, you know, when I was at LSU and we got away with a win, right? But all of them don't feel the same. Because some of them you feel like we play really good football. Then some of them you feel like, I'm just happy we got the hell up out of there. And that's how you feel at Iowa. And like you said, that was against an FCS opponent. So, man, they they, they took my bad. They, they took it. And hopefully they get it figured out next week. I don't have uh, much faith in that, Keith. Um, I don't have much faith in Iowa's offense at all. Uh, so... I could have put them at ugly, but I'm going to put somebody else at ugly. And that's the North Carolina Tar Heels defense. Oh, yeah. Flame them up. They... Keith, <laughs> you – okay. So, you, you, you're you going against App State. Don't get me wrong. They're home. You're coming off a win against a, uh, FAMU, who FAMU gave you some trouble last week, too. That's yeah, HBCU team. How, how do you say in basketball, fam, you was giving you buckets. <laughs> buckets. <laughs> they were st- they stuck with you for a little bit because the defense was giving up plays until, you know, you know, the offense really started really rolling and and and, and they got a little bit of uh, some distance. But Keith, you had a lead. You had a lead. You your your offense, you 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 scored 7, 21 and 13 and that's through the first three quarters. That's Seven in the first, 21 in the second, 13 in, in the third, right? You allowed App State to put up 40 points in the fourth quarter. Keith, 
Chase Bryce, the quarterback for App State, who was, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it was the quarterback at Clemson at yeah, one point. Yeah, he was at Clemson, yeah. 25 of 36, 361, averaged 10 yards per uh, um, per uh, attempt. He threw six touchdowns to one interception. They also ran the ball 43 times for 288 yards and three touchdowns. So, effectively, North Carolina defense gave up nine touchdowns to App State's offense. What are we doing here? Like, are you kidding me, North Carolina? Like, like I said, App State's not a bad team because they got some running backs that I like, and Chase Bryce can sling it, and all, all, all that's fine and good. But you are North Carolina. You need to come out here and play good defense. You, you need to come out here and forty. Like, okay, I, I understand if you give up forty points in like just an overall half. Like, you, they just had a, a two good quarters. No, they just had one good quarter. One forty in one quarter. And this, then the bad part about it is they went for two at one point and we, and they didn't get it. So we thought the game was over. They go and they kick an onside kick. North Carolina recovers it, takes it to the house and then score, it scores. Okay. So this game is definitely over. You kick it back to, 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 to Ab State. They drive right back downfield and score again with seconds left and still tries to go for the two. They could have went to overtime with you if they really wanted to because you allowed them to. North Carolina State, you are my ugly. No, North Carolina <laughs> defense, sorry. You are my ugly for how you defended or lack thereof at State's offense. This This was a... This is an unreal performance. Yeah, uh, and so we just gave Iowa. We said that they won, but it was a moral loss. Same thing for yes. North Carolina defense. <laughs> um, so just to give the people, the listeners, right, usually after the game, you know, on Sundays, that's when you do your film breakdowns, right, so you can make your corrections and stuff like that. But sometimes if you have an early game, you know, if you're a GA, an analyst, a coach, you can go ahead and do – your game corrections on Saturday, right? And you can get them knocked out. And that way, you know, you can have, you know, a, a couple hours to to yourself Saturday night, right? And go enjoy yourself, things like that, celebrate the win. Um, those coaches aren't going out. They, they, they were in the building all night last night trying to get that figured out. 40 points, DP, 40 points. 40 points in a game is bad, right? 40 points in a half is horrible. 40 points in a quarter. You almost have to try to let the offense do that. How do you give up 40 points? That's a lot of points. That's a lot of Keith, Keith I'm not doing that on Madden. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like when you even if you did that on Madden, you press pause and you go check to see what level are you playing on, right? Like, okay, am I on all Madden or is this on rookie? That was bad. That was a bad performance. I'm with you on that. Um my my bad was obviously a, a equally bad performance by by defense. Oregon, <laughs> I said, man, this is not good. And, and like I said, we we if you listen to Wednesday's episode, we picked Oregon a slight upset. That's so. Don't think that we're killing Oregon because it's like, oh, you know, Oregon has no chance, and it was fun just to kind of you know make them the punching bag of this episode. No, it's. We believed in them, right? Like, we knew that they had Noah Sewell. We knew that they had Justin Flo. Um, you know, they had some defensive linemen with some some promise. But the reason that they got my bad was not just that they lost, right? But my guy, Stetson Bennett, right? Um, he went 25 of 31. 
That's an 80% completion percentage. 80% of his passes. He threw for 368 yards. He did what he wanted. And that's the problem, right? Like, that's why you get the bad. Like, what were we doing? And this is the, the, the next level when you, you know, the layers to the game, when you're trying to figure out who's going to win the game. I said, okay, cool. I said, Dan Landing was at Georgia last year, right? So he's going to know what Georgia's doing. And he's going to be able to stifle that defense. Stetson Bennett is going to have a couple problems. He's going to come up with a good game plan. I was all wrong. I was all wrong. I don't know if Dan Lannon overthought things. I don't know if Oregon is just not as good as we thought they were. Uh, but it, it didn't go good. So Oregon defense definitely gets my bad uh, because it, it that was just not a good performance. At all. You can't let Stetson Bennett throw for 370 yards with an 80% completion percentage against you. I'm sorry. Keith, what, what pissed me off the most about this is now I got to hear people hype up Stetson Bennett as if he's a real quarterback. And no disrespect bro, to Stetson he, Bennett, but. Did, did you hear the commentator? The commentator on the TV was like, you know, if anybody speaks bad on Stetson Bennett, they need to get a life. And, bro. <laughs> Georgia ran multiple. This happened multiple times. They ran jet sweep and were gassed by it. Yes, like, bro, like it didn't matter who it was. Like whoever came in motion, they got the ball off the jet sweep handoff. They got ten guaranteed. Right? You got Justin Flo, who is uber athletic and physical. Just bailing assignments. He's running around, and there's no rhyme or reason of where he's going. Besides, he's just trying to knock somebody out. That's that's all his intentions. Because <laughs> it was like still in the fourth quarter, right? And they were clearly down by like 30 points. And I mean, credit to him, right? Because he's still running out there trying to, you know, high effort. But it was like he was, I think he made like a big tackle on a tight end or something, right? And he getting up and he flexing and yelling. And it's like, man, y'all losing by You 30. are losing on national television <laughs> by, by 30. 30 plus points, bro. <laughs> Like the celebrations got to stop, my guy. Listen, I, if we if we hooping on the court and you cross me, but your team down twenty five, I don't care, right? Like, cause you about to take this L, man. It all was the really bad, the bro. did was point to the scoreboard, tell him, "Hey, look at the scoreboard." Yeah, like, bro, look at look at the score. Like, you are down like double digit point, like three like three dimes, bro. You down three dimes right now. It was bad, like you said. It was a ton of wide open receivers for Stetson Bennett. He looked high, like, nope, I'm not throwing that. I'm coming right back down to this five yard check down. Yep. And it was just like yards after catch. They did they they weren't like they couldn't tackle Darnell. Don't get me wrong. Darnell Washington is six seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. So I don't really blame them truly, but it's more so like the effort for me was in question. It's like you see a DB, a small corner, come up and try to make a solid tackle on Darnell Washington. I'm looking for the rest of the teammates. Where y'all at, man? Because yeah. y'all supposed to, to be there. Bro, everybody it. needs to be there to bring this big joker down. Instead, he runs through your corner. He he keeps trucking upfield, makes a highlight by hurling one of y'all, and this man's almost 300 pounds. Like, what is happening? Like, it was just – it was such a bad they, – they sold out against the run when you didn't even have to, Keith. You didn't have to. Just play defense. You ain't got to sell out for the run. Force Stetson Bennett to make tight window throws. Nobody rallied to the ball. Nobody had any type of quick trigger. The squeeze that from playing up, they play a lot of zone. 
Come downhill, make a big hit. Squat on throws. Squat on these short routes. Make Stetson Bennett throw it deep. That's what you want. You want him to throw it down there to your safeties. Instead, Oregon's like, man, we just happy to be here, bro. Like, we on national television. <laughs> we in Atlanta. I'm pre- I wouldn't be surprised if any of those kids was at Magic City. Like, they were just happy to be there. Keith, I'm just really disappointed. But, man, to get away from the bad, the, the bad and the ugly news, Keith, let's give the game ball selection, man. And I'm gonna kick it to you. I'm gonna let you let me because I already talked about him. I'm gonna let you talk about him. Go yeah. ahead and give your game ball. No, nah, I mean it's it's clear, right? Week one, there are a lot of marquee matchups, but I think the one guy that showed up and, and he he set college football off yesterday, and the guy that, you know, let's give ourselves credit, right? As far as scouting him, we said watch out for A Rich, right? Watch out for him. And so my game ball is going to Anthony Richardson. And listen. You look at the stat box and you say, okay, he had a solid game. But that's why you have to watch the games, right? Like you have to watch the moments. You have to understand each moment. When he when he did that double spin move, fade away, throw the touchdown, man, that was just a guy making plays at the end of the day, right? And and, and that's the thing. Then you talk about the fourth down, right? When he made that play with his legs, he was cool, calm, and collected. And let's remember this because people don't understand that that was his first ever start. That was his first time starting. He's from Florida. All the pressure is on him. Billy Napier is the new head coach, right, coming with a whole new coaching staff. The swamp is packed. You're talking 100,000 fans that's excited to see this new era of football under head coach Billy Napier combined with Anthony Richardson, right? He has hype already as far as being one of the dual threat guys, and he showed up. He showed up. Even if they lost that game, right, it would have not been Anthony Richardson's fault. He made every single play that Florida needed him to make, and this is a guy that put the game on his back. So for me, man, he gets my game ball. That like, and and this is what this um, segment is about, right? Game balls, and it's like, man, you know what? Because you you did your thing, you showed up to the game, big time moment, and you made plays. So Anthony Richardson, week one, you get my game ball, baby. That's my guy, man, and and. and... You know, love to see it, love to hear it. My game ball goes to North Carolina Tar Heel quarterback Drake May. Okay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, like this young man, he he took over the starting job. He won it in camp, Keith, and he hasn't looked back since, right? <laughs> he was 24 of 35 yesterday for 352 yards, four touchdowns. But, Keith, he, had, he added on 12 carries for 76 in the touchdown. Five total touchdowns, over 400 total yards from offense. And I, as I as – I, eloquently talked about why this defense was part of my bad and ugly segment. He's the reason why North Carolina won. Like if he doesn't, if he plays like a, like a guy who's in his second start, if he plays like that and he doesn't have all these yards and touchdowns, if he just has a solid game, Keith, they more than likely get blown out by app state because the defense just couldn't do anything with app state's offense. But this young man took the bull by the horns, back-to-back weeks, and has delivered. So shout-out to Drake May, man, the, the legend of Drake May. I've already seen some of the comps, Keith, and they're comparing this kid already to Justin Herbert. And oh, wow. It, okay. it, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 getting, it's getting crazy out here, man. It's week one. People happy calls football back, so the takes are flying. But this young man has really put his stamp on this team and this offense, so I'm excited to see where it goes, and he, he, he deserves this game ball of the week. 
Yeah, now he definitely put on a performance, man. And you talk about Justin Herbert. I was thinking about draft too. I had to Google the guy and see if he was a, a freshman, a red shirt freshman. <laughs> so for my 2024 mock draft, this guy will definitely be in my top 10. Uh, that's back-to-back week, weeks he's slinging it. And it, it appears to be natural for him, man. He has natural mm-hmm. talent. He has natural mobility. So I'm excited about Drake May, um, you know, moving forward. But, yeah, that, that's our game balls. That's week one. That's our reaction. I want our fans to understand that, guess what? We're going to do this every Monday. And that way you'll get our live reactions. You'll get immediate reactions um, because we want to have the conversation with you. So I'm going to let my guy, DP, kick it to him. Let him sign us out, baby. As always, guys, listen, we're here week one. It's almost over. Only two games left. So stay tuned. Um, of course, follow us on Twitter, DP underscore NFL, and the talent code for my guy, Keith Sanchez, on Twitter. Follow us. Holler at us. Say what's up. We de- we de- we definitely will holler back. Uh, but as always, we-, we appreciate the love and support. Find us on Spotify. Subscribe. Like, share. Leave a five-star review. Same thing for Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, podcasting network you use. Listen, I'm Damian Parson. Here's the Talent Factor Football Podcast with my guy, Keith Sanchez. And Keith, what's the slogan, baby? And remember, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.